0: This is The Instigators, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos.
1: Nothing else comes close. We are going to overtime!
0: Great to have you along for this ride on Instigators Overtime. And uh, Marty, there's been a long-standing phrase. Circle that one on the calendar. That's usually, you know, it usually pertains to big events. And in this episode we get a chance to talk to someone from the NHL who is an overseer of all the biggest events in Steve Mayer. Are you, are you a big event guy?
1: I'm a big event guy. I love big events and the bigger, the better. Uh, but I didn't really know who Steve Mayer was until, you know, I, I heard his name at a couple of big events the last few years. And obviously the all-star game in Vegas and whatnot. And you've been talking about him for the last you know, few months and I'm like, okay, we got to get, so for the fans that don't know who he is, he's a really, really important and interesting person. So that, that intrigues me. And, and, and I, that's why I was so excited to talk to him on this podcast.
0: Chief content officer for the league. So in that role, you're, you're overseeing events and entertainment, the tentpole events, and not to mention beyond making All-Star Game, Winter Classic, Heritage Classic, Stanley Cup Finals, Life in the NHL Bubble, along with all that live event and fan engagement type of stuff, you know, he oversees so much of their content that gets distributed on so many platforms and the documentary series and things like that. It's really a fascinating role. And, and yet Marty, as you know, it's never about one person on a team. This is a massive entity of people well, that pulls off the events like this. So just as parents, right. Putting together a birthday party
1: is crazy, right? Oh, you got to make sure you get the balloons. Make sure you get the food, make sure that everybody gets their invitation. who's coming? Who's not like what's going on. We'll try to do that and multiply it by about a thousand and probably more like a million because you have to deal with locations, travel, uh, climate, uh, you know, all different things. So I would, I would think that uh, planning a birthday party for Steve is easy after what he's gone through at the NHL.
0: Especially when you factor in a pandemic and trying to create oh. all of these events and not to mention personal sacrifice, not unlike a hockey player. This guy played hurt at the outdoor game last year and Lake Tahoe broke his leg on the day of the event, continued to perform. We all know that that game went from the afternoon into the late stages of the night. And Steve hung in there. Refused. The oh my refused gosh. to go to the hospital. They're like, you got to go to the hospital.
1: Everything's good. Nothing's yeah. going to happen. But refused until everything was done and they could turn the lights off.
0: Yeah. And when uh, Pierre-Edouard Belmar had said a month leading up to it that uh, you're crushing my dreams, uh, I I don't know if Steve Mayer ever intended to be hurt and crushed in that way momentarily, but this guy soldiered on and we're thrilled to have him just as we're thrilled to have Seneca Resorts and Casinos as our pre- presenting sponsor. So when you're serious about the game, bet on Buffalo at the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters, they're open daily, and self-service betting kiosks are available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, the Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens so you never miss a play the sports book at Seneca resorts and casinos where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. Steve, it's great to see you. I have to assume that there's a, a good vibe for you and within your group coming out of the Vegas all-star experience.
2: Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a good experience You hear from my voice. Uh, it was, it was a, it was a rough A couple of days like it's just all-star has a lot going on uh you know all our fans see the events that go on in the arena and in this case also outside the arena but you know we have parties and meetings and every single team is in town just you know everywhere you look there's somebody from the hockey world um but it's 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 a lot of It's a lot of fun. I I love the fact that our players kind of enjoy it, uh, welcome it, and buy in. Uh, They show off their personality
1: a little bit. And overall, I think we felt it was a great success. So, Steve, Duffer and I were in Vegas actually from Monday through Friday morning because the Sabres played there on Tuesday. And I remember walking around and I mean, the scuba divers in the Bellagio fountains setting up the platforms that, that, that sidewalk was more blocked off. There was a production struck. Uh, there was so much going on. I, I mean, the Bellagio fountains are, are historical, right? Movies and all of that. So how did that feel for you to be able to plan something having to do with, uh, with that setting? So uh, you know, when we went,
2: To Vegas and and announced it, you know, I think first and foremost, we realized we've got to do something different. Uh, You just can't do the same old, same old in the arena. And, you know, we got the tour of tours as well from the folks in Las Vegas. We saw every nook and cranny of Vegas to try to figure out what would be the best location to do a really cool event. And we just kept on coming back to the Bellagio Fountains. We had done something with the Bellagio Fountains back in, uh, in 2016 with Panic at the Disco. And, and, you know, we just said, Let, let's, let's do it here. And, you know, as you can see, I, it was just spectacular. Uh, but, you know, one of the things you just brought up, which I think is, is what a lot of people don't realize, just how much work goes in to putting something like that event on well before the event even happens. And you're right, scuba divers, permits, engineering, like you wouldn't (laughs) believe you've got to make sure that, you know, you're going to put professional hockey players on what looks like a face-off circle. It better be sturdy, anchored, not sink to the ground, you know, everything really needs to be thought of, engineered. And there's a lot of work, to your point, starting weeks before these events. You know, that's the way we operate and work. Everybody sees the final result. But it's, it's cool that you point out that, you know, there were people there on Monday working really hard to do something that actually happened on Thursday.
0: Especially in such a busy place. Like it's, it's one thing to pick a remote location and almost build it up out of public sight and mind, but you're literally doing it on one of the busiest trips in America and it all has to come together. I'm amazed by it, but I'm also sitting here wondering when you accomplish something like that, And you guys have been in Vegas an awful lot over the years, starting with award ceremonies and things like that. And now the team is such a success story. Like how tempted are you to just keep coming back to Vegas and taking it a notch higher because it is an entertainment capital within the world? And I will tell
2: you also that this was a year where COVID and other factors played a role in limiting what we could do. Yeah, uh, you know, so if those weren't in play, how much more could we have done in Vegas? It's it, it is it is funny that you know we left, and within the last few days, um, we've been getting invites from uh, from those in Vegas that come on. We got to do this again. We got to do this again. Vegas, <laughs> listen. It's the reason why we have done our award show in Vegas for years and years. The other thing is the players love it. You know. Um, you you probably have a pretty good success rate of players who will attend All-Star because of where the All-Star is taking place. Um, listen, it is our interest to spread the wealth when it comes to All-Star. We do have 32 amazing teams, 32 amazing cities, all have something to offer. I think one of the things that came out of, of this All-Star is the fact of what we did outside the arena and 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 can we do that everywhere we go in buffalo plenty of places to to do something that's outside the arena that would be attractive and fun and take advantage of what buffalo is all about you know wherever we go i think there's something to be done not only inside the arena and outside the arena What also people don't realize is when you're inside the arena, we've got some floods during the skills competition that are necessary plus setups of equipment. So what those events actually did were fill the gaps in the arena with something of quality where people in the arena could be watching an event rather than watching the Zamboni go around and around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, little things like that, that certainly were part of the thinking, I think just lead to a tighter event, something that's more action, in it, not a lot of talking heads, even for television. You know, imagine those 15 minutes of content for Fountain Face-Off, imagine that just being people talking, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not that I'm against that, but you know, you're always trying to provide content that's compelling. And more compelling than what you than what you might normally do. So I, I think, on a lot of fronts, we were really really happy with you know how it went, and I think it's something that will be here to come, uh, we're here to stay.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you about the entertainers because we saw Machine Gun Kelly uh, with Conor McDavid in the locker room. Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders were involved in the. Uh, the, the breakaway challenge with the hangover things, Uh, there was so much going on. Now I know the stadium series is coming up and you guys have Miranda Lambert and Durgs Bentley, huge country stars. So, so do people call you and say, we want to be a part of it? Or do you have to reach out to a lot of people? And once you reach out to them, are they like really enjoying the fact that they're partnering up with the NHL? How does that all work?
2: (laughs) Uh, How long is this show?
1: Uh, (laughs) you take as long as you want. Exactly.
0: uh, That's
2: our standard answer. (laughs) Well, I will say this. Um, So I came to the league six years ago um, and, you know, there was a presence with celebrity and and with music and, you know, but it was a struggle. And, you know, we have some folks that have worked uh, at the league for a, a long time who have established some great relationships as well. You know, there's nothing you could beat than like somebody who loves hockey, who knows hockey. They're the easy ones for us. You know, the, the John Ham, who has an amazing relationship with us, he, he becomes easy. He's the one that sort of calls and says, I want to come to all-star and we make it happen. There are others who, you know, we're trying to introduce to the game or we're trying to introduce their fans to us. Um, you know, and, and, and I really believe that the way to win over some new audiences is through pop culture, through celebrity, through music. Um, I will say it's gotten better where calls come to us, uh, but I will also say uh, we're not there yet. And so we've got to make lots of phone calls. We've got to pitch ourselves really hard. that We're, up and coming. We're going to do a production that is going to be incredible. We're going to fly you from the rafters of T-Mobile and, you know, MGK. So you should do our show. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to have this really fun moment in skills. So Derek Carr, you're going to throw a pass and it's going to be great because you're going to be recognized in front of the Vegas audience. I mean, it's a selling job of what we can do for that person as well we're bringing their audience or our audience to them and that's very valuable as well they they like that piece um but um it takes it does take a lot of work and you know we never stop um up until the last possible minute there are a few people that literally the day before um you know we got the yes for and and then there are others who are who have agreed to do it and, and for one reason or another fall out and you need to replace them. Um, you know, from a music standpoint, you know, we, we do love what we're about to do in Nashville, not to, you know, move forward from Vegas, but, you know, that's pretty much what we do the second, the second we go black on, on one event, we, we come up on another one and, you know, Nashville is going to be an incredible um, also, based on the fact that that community has fallen in love with the Nashville Predators, yeah. I mean, Dirk Bentley is one of their biggest fans. Dirk Bentley has learned how to skate and plays hockey based on his love of the Nashville Predators. So he's an easy book. He's easy to do. Um, Miranda is somebody that we've been talking to for a long time. We love her. Obviously, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, woman in country music. You know, to have both of them, uh, we think that's just going to get us started. You're going to hear a lot of announcements in the next few weeks about people in the country music world that we're going to add to what we think is going to be a true salute to country music. It's going to be it's going to be spectacular. But at the same time, you know, it's a showcase for our for our league and um, these outdoor games, all star game. These are these are our signature events. We're gonna do one with you guys. We need to talk about that. You know, in Hamilton, yep. Ontario. You know, these are the events that like are the ones that our fans look forward to. We look forward to, you know, they're they're unique. They're sort of once in a lifetime. In your case, it's gonna be now thr- thrice in a lifetime. Yep. But you know, these are these are games that are just you know are spectacular. It's our showcases when the world is watching, it's our most viewers. You know, more people watch skills um, than since 2012. You know, we love that. Um, th- these, are the, these are the things that we keep on striving for. More audience, bring people to the game or bring audiences that haven't watched our game that now get sucked in and love hockey. And But to answer your question, yeah, it's better than it used to be in terms of people calling us, but we're not there yet. We still have to do a lot of work. But we're willing to put in the work because the results usually are worth it.
0: That was absolute brilliance because yeah. we are all guilty of, you know, talking at length about things. But for you to be able to bring it back to the original question <laughs> after all of that, which is important detail, that's impressive on your part. And, and I, I want to put this request in now. When you have a minute to breathe in the summertime, I really want to follow up on a lot of the stuff you just said, because to me, that's probably the time of year for you personally, where you can best evaluate, take the time. What did we do? Great. What can we do moving forward? But you've already opened the door for us to talk about Hamilton and the Heritage Classic. So we got to, we got to jump through that door. Give it, give us a little sense of, of what we should expect. So, and by the way,
2: uh, the, the last two years, uh, the summer, What what's the summer?
0: Yeah, you know? okay, yeah. yeah. I, I'd call it the off season, but even that doesn't give you the proper you, proper I, parameters I, anymore, right? Oh. I look
2: forward to the day when we get back on schedule because it would be nice to actually have the summer. I mean, this has been quite the couple of years uh, and we'll get there eventually. But um, before the summer, see, I make another segue.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> heritage is going to be awesome. Um, you know, listen, we were worried uh, about a month ago. Uh, I think, like everyone, you know, are we going to even have a heritage? You know, and and is you know, is it going to be at full capacity? We we are are extremely confident based on our discussions with the Canadian government, that uh, we're going to be a go 100%, everybody in and out of the border. There will be, as there have been, protocols that everybody's going to have to deal with a little bit. Um, but, you know, that that stadium is, is really awesome, and we've been to them all in, in Canada. Um, it's got everything that we desire, we need to put on a really great outdoor game. Um, to have the unique piece of a team coming from the U.S., a team coming from Canada, we're going to celebrate that. That's going to be part of the dynamic and the thread of the game. We are going to announce a really big music act um, very soon that will be part of the game. Um, and then we're going to really lean in on, on some nuances that that do celebrate obviously Canadian hockey, because it is the heritage classic. Uh, But the fact that this rivalry between Buffalo and Toronto does exist and it's, and it's a lot of fun. Um, We're going to have bleachers on the field. So I think for one of the first times in our outdoor game history, there'll be a section of fans that will be uniquely very close to the rink. And we haven't done that. um, But The way a Canadian football field sort of sets up, it does have these huge fields and big wide end zones where we essentially don't block other seats. So we've engineered it um, so that we're going to have some bleachers on the field, which I think is going to be really cool. And we're going to also do some staging within the bleachers, not to give away too much, So those folks in the bleachers are going to feel like they're part of performance and entertainment, Uh, a little bit of a different approach. Um, But I think, again, it's going to be, you know, spectacular. If you can hear from my voice, we just love producing (laughs) these, these big events and, you know, um, the more, the merrier for us. And to be able to do, you know, the winter classic and then literally go right to Vegas and, Prepare for Vegas, and literally on Monday I head to Nashville for two weeks to do, uh, to do the stadium series, and then the day it ends, right up to Hamilton to prepare for the Heritage Classic. I mean, these are the things that you know we we love. It gets us going again. Maybe we'll have the summer to rest. But, you know, we never rest. We're always kind of thinking about how we can make everything bigger and better. Uh, But I I do think we've got a great stretch, and we
1: are so looking forward to it. How do you uh, respond to people that say, well, in Canada, you don't need the fanfare. You just need to give them the hockey game. Canadian fans just want to watch hockey. And in the U.S., you got to give them all the extra bells and whistles. I mean, I disagree with that statement, but I hear it all the time. How do you feel uh, it, the difference between putting a game up in Hamilton, Ontario, compared to Nashville, Tennessee. So I, I, don't, I don't
2: agree. I, like, I've heard that too, uh, you know, I, I, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that because those who come to those games, I think they marvel, they talk about it. Um, again, when people come to me, it's usually to talk about one of the games they attended, but whether it's Regina, Winnipeg, Toronto, where we did our game, the NHL 100, like there are our, our memories that come from these games that are just unique, like, you know, and I'm not downplaying what we do in the arena. I, I'm not. But, you know, we try to give the ticket-buying fan something way more for their money because, you know, one, it is a little more expensive to attend one of those games. and two. It's just a bigger playing field of which to do things that you can't do in, in an arena. Um, and I just think it's a completely different experience. And I don't know, like, I, yeah, I hear that. I hear a lot that I sort of wonder about uh, because I do think overall fans like these games. We're not, listen, everybody also complains. oh, they're doing too many games the NHL, too many. I, I, you know, in a local community, you, you know you guys didn't go to Minnesota or maybe you did, but in Minnesota, wow, how we took over that community, how everybody was talking about the winter classic, how important it was to do legacy projects to, to, to bring in the community into the arena to, to show off the state of hockey. like that's valuable and it might not resonate to all of the United States. It might not resonate in Canada. But in these particular communities, it is everything in Nashville. Like, man, when I get down to Nashville, everybody's going to be talking about the game. We're going to be doing things that celebrate the community, whether it's with music or with hockey, you know, the game has grown incredibly in Nashville. I know it's the United States, but it truly is a celebration of what's going on locally in that community And you can't discount that. And maybe it doesn't resonate all over Canada, but in Hamilton, it's going to be a big
0: deal. I agree. I I, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. And I think we live in that world of immediacy as far as reactions to things are concerned. And, And yet what we've seen over the last 20, 30 years in the NHL is going into markets, establishing teams, getting uh, Marty, forgive me for saying this, but quite often very knee jerk, negative reaction from hockey purists. And then decades later we go, wow, what a good market. What a good market. What a good market. No market is perfect. Nobody wins for 30 straight years, but everything you just said is hundred percent true for those fans in the market. It's wonderful. It really is yeah, and listen, we listen to our fans, and there are purists, and I clearly
2: understand that I'm coming in as this sort of idea guy. and i, I I'm not messing with what goes on on that ice. I mean, it's the greatest game in the world. And once the puck is dropped, the puck is dropped. But it's the it's everything on the outside. and and, and you got to understand the effort. The effort is literally, to bring more fans in and whether everybody likes it or not, like our audience is what it is and it can grow. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can grow an audience in anything, whether you're, you're a, a major company like Tim Hortons or you're, you know, you're selling insurance, like the only way to do it, that's why there's such a thing as marketing. And, and I know people will say, oh, the NHL doesn't know how to market. Well, I mean, in my world, we just are attempting to, to find these audiences who might come and watch us because they love machine gun Kelly. Like, you know, that, that machine gun Kelly fan who's watching and then sticks around and watches the puck drop on the final and goes, this is crazy. Three on three hockey. I love it. Now, obviously they wouldn't see that unless they waited for overtime in our league, but but they might, they might watch another hockey game, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, and if there's just a couple people that do that, in my opinion, that's, we, that's when we win, you Absolutely. know, and, and, you know, it might not happen, but, you know, we got to try. And if we just talk to our audience all the time, um, we, you know, that's fine, but it's not going to grow the game. It's not. And so, you know, we try to not offend. You know, and and many times, I guess we do because I read the comments too. You know, and I can get <laughs> sensitive, and guys. I could get do sensitive. It, Steve. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't make me <laughs> don't don't read don't the make, comments. Don't make me read mean <laughs> tweets. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, you know, but at the same time, listen. At the same time, and I hear those. And but we really do listen and try to. You know, try to think out of the box and try to be a little different than the other leagues and try to at least experiment and throw a few things against the wall. Some things are going to work. Some things are not. And, and that's OK. But you got to try, because if if you do have the winner, like some of those outdoor games, which I, I think universally, you know, I, we're, we're well accepted. I, I think overwhelmingly there was a positive reaction to them. But. You know, we, we wouldn't know if we didn't try. We wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And if they were total failures, okay, let's go back to the drawing board. And let's try something else. So anyway, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, we want our fans to keep talking. We want our fans to keep telling us what they want. And, and you know, and, and hopefully, you know, we can give everybody a little of, of what they, they're looking for. But, you know, we all know in this world, you can't satisfy everybody.
0: Correct. Steve, we absolutely appreciate every second of this and uh, look forward to reconnecting again down the road. Good luck with everything.
2: Appreciate you guys having me and looking forward to seeing you certainly in Hamilton.
0: We look forward to it as well. Yes. (laughs) Congrats again to Steve and the entire team at the NHL for pulling off the all-star event in Vegas and uh, cheers to what's next. And we're obviously looking forward to Herod's classic involving Buffalo and Toronto in Hamilton next month. Marty, you've lived it. From your moment at the draft in 1995 in Edmonton, it's another tentpole event for the league. How do you welcome in the kids, the families, the friends, the massive fan bases for all these teams as they build for the future? So you lived it. I happened to be there. That was the first draft I was covering was wow. your your draft in Edmonton. And I, like you, have had the good fortune of being in and around this game for almost three decades in a working capacity. So a lot of experiences to share in our three stars as far as some of our memorable and favorite league events that we've been a part of.
1: OK, well, I'm going to exclude the original Winter Classic, right, because I think that was here for me. I'm a little bitter because I got traded the year before, so I got to miss it. But anyway, uh, so here's my three stars, and they're all outdoor games, the top three outdoor games, in my opinion. Uh, Number three stars, I'm going to say Lake Tahoe because, I mean, it was such a special event. No fans because there's the pandemic and the bubble and everything, but it was a perfect time to do it with the lake and the mountains the game was in the afternoon. The ice was so soft. They pushed it to the night. There was another game the next day. I thought they did a fantastic. It was great on TV. That's number three, uh, three star number two star is the big house at Michigan between the Leafs and the Detroit Red Wings. I, I, what was it? 110, 115,000. It was an insane amount. It was so cool to see that game happening. So I thought it was cool. And for me, the number one star, well, it's the. 2012 winter classic. Cause I was with the Rangers. We played in Philly, but it was the day before the practice and the family skate. My dad, I don't remember when the last time my dad had put on skates and skated on the ice. Like he was our coach when I was a little guy and, you know, for probably 20 years, he didn't skate. And then he put on the skate, skated with my kids. My son put his goalie equipment, took shots, interviewed Henry Clonquist. And that's all what the NHL does. That was special for me. And a side note, the worst star when it comes to outdoor game, BC plays Vancouver and Ottawa, it wasn't an outdoor game. It was indoors. The roof was closed. So there's the worst star of the game. (laughs)
0: Funny you mentioned the, the family skate. Uh, the league has often been generous in extending opportunities for media to have, you know, uh, at All-Star Weekend in, in years past when I was covering, you know, an opportunity to, to get out and test yep. the ice or play in some downtime. And I always, you know, looked forward to that on the outdoor stage while I was working with NHL Network. And, you know, we had the Heritage Classic in Calgary against Montreal and I believe it was 2011. And it was so – I had the gear – The hockey gear packed, new sticks bought. I was ready to get out on the ice and it was so cold. They had to not allow us to take part because they were so concerned about the ice breaking and cracking and making it unmanageable. So, but I did sneak in a few turns at at various all-star games (laughs) and things like that. And so I don't even know where to go in order because there've been so many events that I've been fortunate to attend. I, I would say this, um, if I'm going to go along those lines, 2004 All Star Game in St. Paul. Now, it's all the stuff that Steve's involved in surrounding the on ice moments. How do we make this a big party? And whether it's in game entertainment, like we saw this year with Machine Gun Kelly, that's the thing that stood out about 2004 in St. Paul. We're walking around, they're having, I'm assuming it was like the night of the skills competition, they have an after party at the Metrodome. Yeah. <laughs> So it's huge, right? You're walking around on the football field and then all of a sudden cheap trick was playing on a stage.
1: I'm like, no way.
0: <laughs> so it was just it was not knowing and or expecting it was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And so so that was ridiculously fun. Um, and Minneapolis and St. Paul, like just I love events in a place that just truly gets excited about it. Now, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, because then I'm going to go to number two, which is 2008 All-Star Game in Atlanta. And it's good. <laughs> be- <laughs> but now, why do you think I would be excited and, and, and have fond memories of something? Because like you, that? you went to multiple concerts. No, the multiple concerts week would have been the one leading up to the all-star game in Nashville in 2016, but this one allowed me to do a sit down interview with my celebrity crush at the time, Alyssa Milano. Oh yes. And honestly, I've never been more excited to see a guest come into the venue and sit down for the interview. And it was like, wow. And she, honestly, Marty, she, like, she couldn't have exceeded my expectations more. She's such a hockey fan. She's, she was so fun, so honest, so engaged in the conversation. And I was, I was blown away. It was a Saturday morning. She was wearing like a knit cap and, and, and just looked like, wow. Like that's, that's amazing.
1: Is it the only time you ever hugged a a guest after an interview? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I've probably inadvertently hugged a lot of hockey players in Stanley Cup celebrations because you're getting jostled around oh, yeah. in a champagne filled locker room. There was no hugging going on, just a lot of eye contact. Oh, and I was... sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say this probably number one for me is 2010. Uh winter classic at Fenway park in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now I know we kind of griped about the fact that it's going back to Fenway here r- next year. It'll be different though. Duffer. It it, will it'll be, be different. <laughs> I, I love the baseball setup, but it, you know, the winter classic, the beauty of it is it it's at the back end of the holiday season and Fenway is already decked out in red and green. And we put a rink in there. It just fit. I thought Boston did everything possible to incorporate the history of baseball at Fenway Park and then magnify it on a hockey stage on the biggest day. But what I also remember and will never forget the hilarity that was ensuing and maybe fear as well was you mentioned the family skate the day before and the practices. So that was That was our long form television days at NHL Network. So we're on the air for like five hours at a time, covering both practices, the family skate and just welcoming guests all the time. The fact of the matter is they built us this beautiful little broadcast hut up in the right field corner at Fenway. And literally, as the producer is in my ear, 10, 9, 8 to start our coverage the set designers are still constructing the set. We've got staple guns going, backdrops being put up. Talk of, is it fire retardant or not? (laughs) Co-host Bill Clement freaking out like fire (laughs) retardant? What? Because now you've got this material up against these hot lights and we're like, is this thing going to (laughs) burn? Honestly, it was absolutely ridiculous and then by the time you're off the air like six hours later you're like did that just happen and we Uh, had so many memorable moments so many great guests and it ended up spawning a connection musically with uh mike mccalligan from the street dogs he who had previously been in dropkick murphy's we had guests from the dropkick murphy's on the show it was just it was one of those moments that you're reminded that you never know who's watching and, and what kind of an impact you can have on people. So I just, I, I really cherish days like that. And I, I always am grateful to like, the Bruins and Red Sox public relations departments for their help in, in in kind of pulling things together and even following up after the fact. Uh, so it, it was one of those warm moments, which I don't necessarily like talking about when it pertains to Boston, but I you know I kind of no, got
1: it. I, I get it. I get it. It's uh, it's not always good to compliment Boston and the Red Sox because I'm not a Sox fan, but anyway, so yeah. uh, but so you talk about musical guests and quickly, Levi Stadium. Anaheim, L.A. in a stadium series, Mm -hmm. two musical guests, one at at first intermission, one second intermission, John Fogarty of the uh, uh, CCR Mm -hmm. did an amazing job, and Melissa Ettridge, and I I grew up listening to that type of music, and, and I was amazed by by those two and i know you love your music so every time there's a musical guest or somebody coming in that doesn't really fit with the nhl but yeah. they branch out i absolutely love that
0: yeah me too and that could lead me down a real big rabbit hole absolutely Marty. that's so why I'm, i said real I'm, quick i'm gonna do this <laughs> and say we're putting a pause on instigators Overtime until the next time and we'll see you then. thanks for watching